0: and welcome back to Fill Me In, a podcast devoted to covering the highs and lows of the 2021 Philadelphia Phillies. We're officially one week away from opening day, so let's talk some Phillies. My name is
1: Mitch aka Mitty, and I'm a Phillies fan. My name is Andrew and I'm
2: also a Phillies fan. And my name is Andrew as well, and I'm a Yankees fan. That's right. The podcast is two Phillies fans
0: cluing in one very clueless Yankees fan on what is going on with the Philadelphia Phillies. So, Gordon, you want to tell us a little bit more about that?
1: I mean, everyone's got a seat at the table here. If you know a little bit about the Phillies, but you want to know more, uh, you're just like me and Mitch. If you know nothing about the Phillies, you probably still know more than Andrew, so that's good. And if you know everything there is to know about the Phillies, then you can find us on social media and tell us everything that
2: we're wrong about. That's now, right. I do want to clarify, I am clueless about the Phillies. I feel like you guys kind of glossed over that, and we're really just hammering that I'm clueless. I'm clueless about the Phillies. You guys know that, right?
0: Andrew, uh, baseball is a sport played primarily in uh, North America.
2: See, this is what I was trying to avoid. I know that.
1: White ball, red
2: seams, everybody's got a glove on. All right, what are you teaching me about the Phillies today?
1: Sure.
0: Today, uh, we're going to be Covering a little recap of the Phillies' spring training, also known as spring Mm straining. We'll get into why in a little bit. We're going to go over some of the top performers and some concerning performances from Clearwater. Uh, We'll also be bringing you a little bit of an update on some final roster moves as we head into the start of the regular season and take a look at the depth chart. And then finally, we'll hit a little bit of a regular season preview and prediction segment to round it out. So, Without further ado, why don't we get on to a little recap of spring training? Let's jump right in. All right. So the Grapefruit League came to a close just hours before we started recording today, and uh, Philly's finished up with a 12-15 and 15 record. Uh, in my opinion, spring training games are a little bit like the points on whose line is it anyway? Gordon, do you know
1: why? Um well, let's see. Because they don't matter at the end of the day.
2: And Ryan Stiles is playing first base. Oh, please. Colin
1: <laughs> Mockery throwing second baseman, making a put out to
2: Colin. <laughs> Ryan leave, Stiles at first base. Leave ultimate. Colin Mockery as far from a baseball field as you possibly can, and that's where he belongs. That's probably true. All
1: right. Well, who stood out, Gord? I mean, we, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't start in one place, and that is with uh, our, our dearest boy, uh, Bryce. Uh, dude has been absolutely smashing uh, since the day he showed up this spring. We're talking like 12 hits and 35 ABs, four home runs, one today, 29th of March, three doubles, uh, 1.249 OPS in those at-bats. Uh, is this surprising? No, it's it's not surprising. Let me read you a quote from uh, ye old Larry Boa mm. on what he had to say about Bryce uh, earlier this spring. This is him Uh, Just goading off (laughs) Bryce Harper here. Larry says, he's in great shape. I don't like to put numbers on guys, but it would not shock me if he hit between 40 and 50 home runs this season. I've never seen bat speed like this. I call him the freak. It's it's just that just I don't know if anything pumps me up more. Sometimes I'll read that quote in the morning when I wake up, just getting ready for the day, Mitch. That is
0: incredible. That gets Uh, me
2: pumped. Real quick, who's Larry Bella?
0: Mm. Mm. Okay, clueless was the correct term, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, the, Larry the coach Bella, of my youth,
0: former Phillies great, former Phillies manager, and now Phillies coach, Gordon. Anything to add?
2: I mean, yeah, like, he's just like a, he's a bench coach.
0: He's one of the coaches okay. in some capacity.
1: Okay, yeah, who really keeps Larry? Probably does whatever the heck he wants. It, it, he was the 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 head coach during uh, like our childhood. Basically, he when I thought of the head coach it was like that's who I think of is it like the Larry Boa blowing up in people's faces. Like he was always a hot head,
0: hot head, um, short, built, very short, angry. You don't want to mess with him. No, not at all. A numbers guy, old school.
2: Until Let you got up. to that last point, I was going okay. I see why they hired Joe Girardi. A lot of similarities there until you got to doesn't go by the numbers.
0: Yeah, well, it's good to have a mix. And I mean, you saw uh, despite a lot of the trends in the league going towards the numbers and the analytics, the Phillies actually brought back their old manager, Charlie Manuel, who was also known to not be a numbers guy. So his influence is also in the, the clubhouse um, to help balance out. I feel like the, the move was intentionally to balance out between old and new school.
2: So
1: I absolutely love it.
2: Not I, to get just gonna read, go ahead. I was just gonna say not to get too off topic here, but do, is there a lot of stuff where um Phillies greats or guys from past teams or whatever will come to spring training? Like, is that a thing that happens? Because the it, it is for the Yankees. It'll be like Reggie Jackson's hanging out at spring training every year, Ron Guidry, and it's like always a thing. Is that a thing for the Phillies?
1: I feel like they do some like Field of Dreams type of events or things like that, whether it's through radio, uh, radio programs or things like that. They have those sorts of things. But I mean, from what I know, Mitch, it's just like, yeah, we, we just pack these dudes somehow into the into the organization. They're just scouts. They're somewhere, you know, either that or they're they're starting a barbecue out in right center field. It's like one of the two options with the fills.
0: Yeah, they keep keep them close to home.
1: Just to give you – I'm going to circle back on the idea that he's not a numbers guy. This is the end of that quote from Boa on Harper. The ball just comes off of his bat so different than anyone else. It is a it is a loud sound right now.
2: <laughs> what are you going to do with that,
1: nerds? Put that in your calculator. Yeah. He's just hearing it different. You know what I mean? Good year Incredible. for Bryce. Looking forward to it.
0: Another standout, and this is limited sample, we, we have to admit, but real muto. Just seeing that injury on day one to his thumb was not what we wanted to see after the contract, but the way he came right back in, bounced back and you know went deep in his first game hmm. back was so encouraging and I think that was kind of the just something that put us all at ease very quickly heading into the season here.
1: His thumb was sore from signing all the paperwork for all the money that he made. So it was- <laughs> that may
0: have been all it was.
1: It was inevitable. He's, he's ready to roll. We're ready to roll here. Cannot wait. Who else? Uh, he, Here's one, a little bit of a deep cut early on, but Derek Hall, he's big young first baseman. I mean, this dude raked, and I'm going to say this once and I don't want to spend time here, but our man Reese struggled a little bit this spring. We'll get to him in a second, but if this dude also a first baseman and young is raking I'm just saying it might be like a little bit of a hot take. It might be nice to consider the future there a little bit and have a guy who can like, yeah, give Reese a couple days off. Cold slump. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Come on in.
0: I want to tell you something in response to that. I know that I have to tell you that you're crazy for thinking that. Thank you. But I also have to tell you that you're not alone. I try to be a realist. That's probably where I'll leave it. I
2: respect what you're doing here.
0: That's probably where I'll leave it.
2: How how young are we talking? Is he going to start in Triple A or is he still in the lower levels?
0: Not sure on his level. He's not he's not insanely young. He's uh, mid twenties already, I think.
1: You know. Yeah, he's not he's not fresh out of high school or nothing. He so, was a, he was a twenty sixteen drafty fourteenth round. Hey. Yeah,
0: he's twenty five.
1: So
2: we're not balking if he gets called up.
0: No, it's just that the thing that I hesitate on is he he's not the name that you've been hearing for years. Got it. You're like, Oh, this guy's time is soon. Like I honestly, I don't, I haven't been hearing his name popping up throughout the years.
2: Well, sometimes that's the guy that does get called up because they don't care as much about service time. So they're just, you know, as soon as, you know, freeze gets a 10 day IL or something. I don't know. You would know more than me, but that was my thought.
0: You come out and you hit anything's possible.
2: Yeah.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself. You sound like Larry Bow over there, Mitch. <laughs> That's
0: right. Another, uh, topic that I don't know how far we're going to get into is none of, the, none other than Odubel Herrera. Mm. Uh, you could certainly call him a standout for spring training performance. Uh, at least to start off, he was hitting the cover off the ball. He has he he totaled up four home runs this spring. He was bat flipping and quite possibly playing himself into a roster spot, if not a starting spot this year. Uh, but the performance did dip towards the second half of spring training. And the latest news coming out of the Phillies world is not looking great for Herrera. We'll get into that a little bit later. But the, the whole topic surrounding Herrera is a touchy one. And there's been a lot said about it elsewhere where he played well in the spring, but not very consistently and left some, some
1: to be desired there. He definitely bookended the spring. I mean, to your point, Mitch, I I felt like when I was looking at the first few games of spring training, if I, if I pulled up Philly's Instagram, he was going absolutely yik yak. I feel like the first week of games, he was just always out of the park, out of the park with, with the bad flip. And it was emphatic. And I was just like, Oh my word. We're gonna have a really serious conversation about him starting in center field. Uh, the wording that they're using, the club used in terms of his future, um, is O'Double will report to alternate site. Essentially, O'Double's being put in timeout, and we might probably see him if he keeps hitting the cover off the ball.
0: Yes, he's in that COVID uh, alternate site, which is like an intermediate intermediate level between the majors and minors that was started last year, where. Uh, I believe it's just a little bit easier to bring someone up and down from that site as opposed to the, the rules involved with pulling someone all the way from the minor leagues up to the big league club. So we'll see what goes on there. It's a situation to be monitored throughout the season, but he will not be with the big league club for opening day.
1: I'm glad you explained what that means because I had never heard that wording in my life, like placed it in an alternate site. I was like, is he down the street? And he just comes up, like I didn't know what that meant. So thank just, you. It's
2: like- just somewhere other than here, just go yeah, right.
1: somewhere else.
0: Yes, that, 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 that's where we're most comfortable with you at, just not here. <laughs> A couple quick hitters, uh, well, I should say quick pitchers, but we're going to run through them quickly. Nice. Starting pitchers just yeah. out this spring would be uh, Andrew, the Yankees fan's very favorite, Zach Elfline, a.k.a. Zach Elf. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you got me messed up now. Zach <laughs> Eflin had three starts. 11 innings, 10 Ks, and only one earned in those 11 innings. So, very strong performance for someone we're looking to make a big jump this year. Matt Moore, new addition to the rotation. He had four starts, 14 Ks, and about 16 innings. Uh, ERA in the mid low fours, I believe. That's, you know, what I, I guess about all you can expect throughout the regular season, but that's what we saw in the spring. And
1: all reliable.
0: Yeah, all reliable eat up the innings, and, and uh, you know, tail of the tape, I believe, from what I was hearing, he looked pretty good for the most part. Another that's guy good. in that same pool would be Chase Anderson. He had four starts, about 15 innings in the ERA in the threes. So, you know, that's it's an encouraging sign. And He had uh, more than one strikeout per inning. So, you know, these guys are missing some bats, not relying only on contact outs, which should bode well. And in, uh, in the regular season, especially in a hitter's park, how about telling us a little bit about the
1: relief pitchers who stood out? The new look bullpen for the Phil's, baby. Uh, Connor Brogdon, after a pretty rough 2020, I wouldn't say he was the worst offender, but uh, he threw six scoreless. So a little, little bounce back action, a little conference builder in the spring. Could we see some early uh, contributions from Connor Brogdon? That'd be fantastic. And then listen to this uh, besides my email, several relievers under a 2.0 ERA. Kinsler, Hale, Bradley, Coonrod, and Romero, all with sub two ERAs in the spring. And, uh, you know, April flowers, spring, May showers. And that's not related. But let me tell you, you love to see what you've seen there. After, after the 2020 that we have, to have even just any type of positive momentum or juju going into the season, I don't know. I like my every finger and toe I have is crossed. That's all I have to say. The offense is going to mash. Just protect it a little bit, please.
0: Yep. And I think what you were getting at with that April showers, th- these these bullpen guys here are really just trying to plant their seeds and nice. hope that their work blossoms into some results. That's what we're
1: looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not looking for late bloomers. Alvarez
2: went before them and and spread his seed across the field, if I remember right. <laughs> Something about nut juice early on, yeah. Does it, are we gonna have to put the the explicit E on this podcast now? Like, is nut juice is that on the explicit E list? We're have
1: to look that up. That I'm
2: gonna have to confirm that with the Google. I have no idea. Okay, it'll be a Q instead of an E. Just questionable. Yeah. Anyway. Well,
0: speaking of questionable, let's get into some of the concerning spring performances. I'm just gonna come out and start. Uh, Didi Gregorius and Reese Hoskins. Say what you want about spring training; it's it's totally different than regular season. So, I understand that it should be taken with a grain of salt. But both of these guys hit 205, Not many extra base hits. Uh, Didi did go yard three times, but his average was not good. Um, you know that should even out. You you got to believe in a proven veteran. So you know, depending on how you view spring training, you're probably not getting too hung up on that. Reese, a little bit younger than Deedee, less proven for sure, and is known as someone who is very streaky. Uh, he had one home run and two doubles and 39 at-bats, so not the uh, type of extra base hit production you might be looking for, um, just not enough of what we need him to be if this is how he continues into the regular season. His strikeout rate started really bad, and that's always been a concern um, in his game. But his strikeout rate did go down as the spring training season went on. So we did see him able to either you know, lay off pitches he may have been chasing or just putting the ball in play a little bit more. Either way, it was some improvement as it went on.
1: And then after those, I mean, they're both flirting with the Mendoza line. It's not what you want to see. Uh, but I, I agree with the the idea that that dd does have a really good chance to bounce back. I think Reese is in his own head. This guy got to get out of his own head. I think it's the biggest thing for him is his, his mental game.
0: Can I can I sprinkle one more thing in there?
1: Please do Salt Bay.
0: This and I'm and I'm not I'm not joking, it might sound like I am, but Reese's uh beloved golden retriever dog did have to get put down during I, spring training season. I just
1: followed him on Instagram. He's he's not with us anymore.
0: No. And Reese didn't post anything about it during spring training. It wasn't until I think just yesterday that he finally made a post about it so i I, you know i think down there focusing he's in he's in the in the spring training mode he's just you know getting his reps in and all that but he did address it and you never know that something as simple as that for a guy who's young and maybe not performing up to his expectations something as little that could honestly be getting in his head
1: Um, rookie rest in peace rookie
0: yeah rest in peace rookie and that's 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 being real here yeah hopefully he finds peace and closure sounded like it was a great life for rookie, so we'll see. And uh, hopefully Reese's uh, performance uh, picks back up.
2: I'll jump in on, on uh, the DD point here and say I have to pick and choose my spots that I know something about. You know? DD uh, was pretty streaky for us, so I'll say that. And number two, he is not a guy that I would be worried about being in his own head. So those two things, I would still remain extremely confident on DD. Great. Love it.
1: That is the prognosis I need at this point in time. I'm I'm boosted just hearing that. Another concern, though, I will say, and I, I don't like listing even this many concerns off the off the bat, but uh, this one this was reported recently. Uh, Scott Kingery, DFA'd. He was designated for assignment. He will not be joining the big league team uh, right off the bat, and it's because of the spring. I don't know how else we say it, Mitch. I mean, just like this has been a very spring training for yeah. for scott kingery uh i mean you know hard to overstate he has been given more at-bats than anybody more chances to show what he's worth uh for everybody except for Odubel, he was the only guy who had more uh ab's than kingery just has not capitalized uh, struck out 19 times on 44 at-bats uh it's almost half the time i mean just like right that in its of itself it's just like yep time to get some more time to work on whatever it is yourself, your approach, your whatever it needs to happen there. He's still young enough where it's like, okay, I see this, you know, at least in his career trajectory, he's young enough. You know, he's no Albies or he's no Acuna or whatever. He's not going to be that. We can see that now, but I think he still has a time to figure it out.
0: At, at this point I've come to terms. I think his ceiling is something like uh, Enrique Hernandez, who was staple with the Dodgers for years playing that super utility role one of the I don't want to say pioneers of the super utility role but one of the faces of it at this point and that's kind of what I see Scott as and I think that's how the Phillies saw him in 2020 for sure the issue there is a young guy playing that role is not going to be able to get the consistent at-bats that he may need and that's why probably why designating him for assignment is the best option he'll see three at-bats a night, three, four at-bats a night, hopefully get into some kind of a rhythm. The issue is always going to be that transition to the big leagues because you know he's not going to – we we hope he's not going to be thrust into a position where he needs to get four at-bats a night for the big league club every single night. I mean, that would be a big ask at this point. But down the line, you hope he's someone who who can be good at whatever position he's asked to come in at, whether it's one at-bat a night here and there or whether it's starting four games a week at three different positions, you know, whatever it may be, we hope he can get it figured out. Let's talk about some not so great starting pitching performances. And this is with a, an asterisk, but Daddy Knowles, a.k.a. Aaron Nola, five starts for about 17 innings, and he gave up 11 earned runs. That's obviously not good. Uh, I, I think you can ask anyone who knows baseball. They're not going to be worried about this. Um you know, let alone the fact that it's spring training. But also if you look at his two most recent starts down there, they were stellar. And the word of mouth that I was hearing, you know, and from the reporters and from the radio broadcasts I had been hearing, his stuff looks right on. So you know, I don't I don't think there's gonna be any issue there, but you don't like to see it. it doesn't sit well when you see that high ERA from your ace, but I think he'll be fine.
1: They played 60 games last season. I'll say this in 2020, Aaron Nola had five starts of six innings pitched less than three hits, less than two earned runs and eight plus Ks. That's the most for any Phillies pitcher in a single season ever. And Nola did it in 60 games. Uh, Let me just think about this. He's going to be fine. So just wanted to reverse that. If we, if there's any type of superstition here, I have reversed it for Aaron Nola. He's going to absolutely mow people down this year. Thank you. Anytime.
0: Uh, relief pitching, some concerning performances, but good spin on them is that some of these guys are no longer even with the Phillies. So Great. what do we care? Tony Watson, the Tony Watson, four earned runs in five innings. Not going to get it done. Happy he, trails.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: he has parted ways with the Phillies. Hector Rondone, six earned in seven innings. Again, not remotely going to get it done. He has also... uh sent away from the big league club uh and released um there's a handful of bad performances by guys in the bullpen that you know we are not going to see their names most likely again until next spring if then you know just either young guys or guys who are maybe getting their third or fourth chances to make a big league club and just have not those type of guys uh you know they're on every club. You, you know if you sort the stat page by worst ERA, you'll see them. It's a thing. It happens. Not every arm you bring to spring training is going to make the team.
2: Yeah, and pitching spring training is weird. That like you listen to their press conferences, and it, this is less about the latter folks that you named, Mitch, that are Happy Trails, and more about Nola and. And those guys that are going to have a, a spot. You hear like these veterans talk about pitch shapes and like glove side location. And that's the stuff that they're, they're looking at. And they don't even, you know, they care when somebody hits a home run. They're not happy about it. But it's really weird. You listen to these post-game interviews after a guy throws a spring training dud, I say in quotes, and they couldn't care less. They're like, yeah, you know, I was working on this and that and we're all right. We're getting there that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I, I I never fully trust it, but I know that the people giving those quotes know more than me. So kind of have to trust it.
1: Yeah. Right. I just feel like the spring means different things to different people. There's certain strata or certain tiers of players that the spring means everything for it, it's the difference maker. And then there's stratas of player where it's just like time to warm up. I will get my two at bats and then go, you know, sip some water and watch the boys play. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah, totally different for folks i think to me we're about to get into it but like it seems productive i like the way that things have been shaking it seems like there's conviction on the part of the organization like hey this is where we're going to start uh we have our guys let's let's run it which is exciting certainly Um, and you know what
0: this is the certainly the closest that i have followed spring training in any year so i've learned a couple things i'm that I didn't necessarily see, see in the same way before, but, but like you were saying, this is this spring training is really used by the club to figure out, you know, what direction they're going to go with certain positions. For instance, the two guys who had the most at bats for the Phillies in the spring were Scott Kingery and Oduble Herrera, two guys who they're, they're just at the point of show me, what do you got? What do you got? We'll give you the chance here in the spring. What do you got? And the Phillies saw enough.
1: And made the decision. Love to see it. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to be looking at the depth chart, uh, go over some notable moves, and then get into what we're looking like as we go towards opening day. I think we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't start here um, this week. So we uh, appropriately opening day week, if you will. Uh, this past week was Harry Callis' birthday. We're remembering the Phillies Hall of Fame and Wall of Fame broadcaster, uh, Harry the K, uh, 85th anniversary of his birth. He was the uh, broadcaster from 71 through 2009. He uh, he lends his voice to our intro. He has lent his voice to the Phillies and to our ears, Mitch, for many years. Miss him dearly. I want to just give him a shout-out on his birthday week, Harry the K. Love you, man. I love it.
2: That is something I'm not close about. That guy's awesome. I love that guy. Uh, Real quick, what's the wall of fame?
0: It is the – I'll put it in terms you'll understand. It's the Phillies version of whatever, mine or whatever the heck you guys call that piece of The pantheon of
1: legends or whatever you guys have. What is it called, Andrew?
0: Yankees universe kings or whatever you call it. That's it. That's it. You got it. Yep. Nailed it. it Three. Monument Valley, that might
1: be
2: it. Monument Park, you were really close. Fun fact about Monument Park is that back in the 70s, the monuments were – some of or all of the monuments were in the field of play and like out in center field, and the ball could just kind of bounce around out there.
0: Baseball is just the Wild West of sports. It's just like none of it makes any sense.
2: Right, like ball over the
1: right shoulder. Ooh, sorry, you just ran into Mickey Mantle. You you don't have a left arm anymore. It's (laughs) gone.
2: Right, like our era looks at the hill in Minute Maid Park for the Astros and thinks, man, that's wild. And thirty years before that was, yeah, monuments in the field of play. Wow. Anyway, yes. Uh, What did you call it? Historic Iron Man Park. (laughs) What did you call it?
1: Uh, Yankees,
0: Kings, Yankees, Universe, Kings.
1: Yankees, Kings, and Legend coming this summer, 2021. All right, welcome back, Phillies fans. Sorry that you had to tolerate that for the past three minutes. Glad that you have uh, the time to come and join us. We're going to do the regular season preview. Uh, We're going to do the depth chart. We're going to be doing notable moves on the last stretch of the spring here. I'm going to hit that first. I'm going to turn it over to Mitch, who's going to go through uh, the brand spanking new shiny pitching rotation. So, Mitch, if if I may, let me hit these – quick fire on these uh I guess what do you call them uh, some happy trails Their for the FED D- yeah yeah decision that's the best one so here are the folks that are locked in after uh, after the nice spring we got uh, Matt Joyce Ronald Torres uh, and it looks like Connor Brogdon like we talked about earlier so you love to see it um he pitched himself into that spot well-deserved uh, excited to see if he can show up and show out that might, you know, it looks like a bullpen. You can name all the people in it. It's good to see uh, in terms of released Ivan Nova. Uh, sorry, Andrew, uh, the old Yankee boy. See you later. Jeff Mathis, uh, Hector Rondon and Tony Watson, who we previously mentioned, but fairly well. Um, and then the guys who we optioned, uh, just some inexperience. You know, I think we could see a couple of these guys, which I'm very excited about, but uh, the Adonis uh, Medina, Nick, my, I don't even know this dude. Nick Matone, Nick Matton. Anybody on this? Is it Matton?
0: I go Matone.
1: Yeah. My sincere apologies to Nick Matone. Uh, <laughs> Ramon Rosso, Mickey Moniac, Spencer Howard, Rafael Marchand, and Ranger. Or excuse me, Jojo Romero with the great hair. So give me Jojo Romero, Spencer Howard, and Mickey Moniac later this year. Uh, I need They have been optioned down. Uh, so those are just inexperienced. We'll see them, I'm sure. And then, uh, I mentioned you made this category. I'm dying. Optioned, oof. That'd be our boy, Scott Kingery. Uh, and then a questionable oof in Ranger Suarez.
0: Yeah. So Kingery, self explanatory on the why that is in the oof category. Ranger, uh, he's gotten a lot of big league innings. I, they're not seeing something they want to see from him. So, well, that's maybe more of a, a merit move than it is a service time manipulation move. I'll say it that way. So yeah, let's talk about the rotation. It looks like it's finalized. Got your ace Aaron Nola in the one slot, Zach Wheeler in the two and the other Zach, Mr. Elfline in the three spot. <laughs> that is pretty much chalk what we expected right there. And then we got two newcomer veterans rounding it out. Matt Moore fourth and Chase Anderson fifth. So I like it. I mean, that that to me is solid. It's an improvement. And I think if that's what you're rolling out there on opening day, I, I'm good with it.
1: 100%. It's so
0: let's also hit on a couple of positions that are still up in the air. This one is not so much based on the roster, but the bullpen is up in the air in terms of the order. So who are we going to see when? You know, who's the setup man? Uh, Who's the closer? Who comes in if the game's getting out of hand early? That kind of stuff, we don't have a great idea on yet just because, like we talked about before, spring training is so unpredictable and, you know, doesn't really follow the conventional methods uh, of bullpen order that the regular season follows. So we'll still have to see how that bullpen order shakes out, who's the closer, and those are big questions, but we don't have that much insight right now. And another position that is truly up in the air, even today, as we record, is the center field spot. So MLB.com did some projections on the starting lineups, and they have, you know, they had at the time the article was produced, they had Herrera making the squad, which we know now uh, is not the case. He has not made it to the big league club in timeout, as Gordon likes to put it. And another cut that MLB.com projected was Adam Hazley not starting the season uh, with the big league club. And that is probably due to a little bit of a nagging injury he's been dealing with. So, in that case, we're looking at Roman Quinn out there in center field. It's looking like it's the opening day option. I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. I think you're definitely not seeing the last of Hazley. He's going to get a, a good amount of action this year, I would think, once he's figured out that leg injury he has. But looks like it's Quinn, Gord.
1: I, I, I agree with you, and I'm excited about Quinn. I think you can put him – you can lead him off. If, if Kutch is spending some time on the DL, I pray against it. But you can lead him off. You can put him at nine. You can put your at eight or the pitcher at eight and him at nine. I think you know there's a couple of really interesting things you can do with Quinn. Uh, and if he takes a step – even a half step up as a batter, I think he's got the potential to score a lot of runs. It'd be really exciting. So I, I'm thrilled with that. I think Hazley this year, he's not going to have quite the same energy that Boehm had last year. But I see Hazley kind of playing that role, in terms of like, this is the guy who you know the prince that was promised a little bit. Like he's going to come through for us and be like the guy who we're like, oh man, he had a great 21, but wait for 22, and then Hazley shows out at that point. That's that's my thought for him. But yeah, we'll see them both, which is uh, frankly. Best-case scenario? I mean, maybe best-case scenario is having an everyday center fielder who rakes.
0: Well, you know who the best center fielder on the roster is.
1: Is it a trick question?
0: A little bit. It's Bryce Harper. I don't get the sense that he loves playing there, although he did it some in 2020. I
1: feel like he was just trying to lead well.
0: I I don't think it behooves the Phillies to put him in center field. I don't think that would be a good way to treat their baby. So I don't think we'll see much of that unless it's some extreme injury situations. You know, for the thing where there's no Hazley, there's no Quinn, I think you put Harper out there that day in center and maybe do like a like a Joyce in right field or something because, I mean, McCutcheon in center is I don't think even a possibility anymore. I, I don't anymore. think he even would, would want to do that. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bryce in center field a few games this year, but – I don't think it's
1: something we'd get used to. I didn't know you had great horse vocabulary, Mitch. I love behooves. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Been working it. On doesn't that. behoove us at all. I agree.
0: So I mean that's it for the for the roster. That's all we know as of now. There'll be a couple more updates and finalizations before that first pitch on Thursday, April 1st. But I mean, let, let's look at the schedule for the 2021 season.
1: Mitch, let me take it from the top here. I know the first one, the first one's easy, but then I'm going to turn it over to you because you probably know better than I. Uh, opening day, Thursday, April 1, versus the Atlanta Braves. Division rival, division favorite, I'm pretty sure. Yes. The, uh, uh, yep. I mean, no, no fool in there. What would, would honestly love to have them come, you know, and uh, just, you know, get wrecked right off the bat. Catch them early before they're totally ready. You know what I mean? Would mm-hmm. love to see
0: that. Yeah, well, the NL East is a deep division, and the Phillies have a pretty rough go of it in this first month in April. Uh, let's just go through the series here, uh, and and if you've been following the offseason moves and you know who's the powerhouses in the league uh, these days, you'll recognize how tough of a first month this will be for the Phillies. So they start out with the Braves, then a series with the Mets, then another series with the Braves, and then back to the Mets, Then finally out of the division, but to the Cardinals, who appear to be the central favorite. Then a little bit of a respite with the Giants and the Rockies, although in Philly's fashion, we'll probably drop a few there, if not series. Shout out Gabe Kapler. Shout out Gabe Kapler. And then once again, this is still all in the month of April, we'll play the Cardinals again and round out the month with the Mets. So, I mean, the the Braves are, like you said, the favorite in the East. And to get them for two series is not fun in April. And then the Mets, with all these offseason moves they had, the deep rotation that they have, we'll face them three times in our first few series here. And that's just going to be a lot of tough competition before you even get to the Cardinals, you know, facing them twice and the talent that they have. So, I don't know how much stock we're going to be able to put into April or, you know, how we're going to be feeling at the end of April. But the record, let's just prepare ourselves, may not be too hot.
1: I mean, spin zone, April early season is, you know, usually I feel like a time for pitchers to shine a little bit, a little pitcher dominant action early on. I don't know. Do we, do we catch some of these teams early and have some early success and kind of maybe have some series splits and come out beaten and battered, but not like, Oh my gosh, we are, you know, Oh, and <laughs> Oh, and 17 or something like that. We could be okay.
0: Yeah. I, uh, the, the other nice thing is that any, anything close to a 500 record in April is going to be an encouragement. I would say, I
1: mean, Oh yeah. If you That's hang, win.
0: if you hang with, with this schedule, you're, should only be able to do better as it goes on. But uh, we talked about how deep the NL East is. Let's just let's just give our pred- predictions here, me and you, Gord, of how we think that division's going to stack up. NL East is looking good this year. Personally, I have the Braves winning the division. The Mets taking second place, which it's like, I, I don't even know if I believe that, but I have them second when I look at the rosters. That's just where I put them, but they are still the Mets, so you have to factor that in in third <laughs> i actually have the nationals the the pitching is hard to get around for me you know they're still a solid pitching club and juan soto is just a monster i if he's on he's on there's nothing you can do about it he's in fourth i have our phillies coming fourth in the division and rounding it out i have the marlins and i hope that the fifth place is anyone but the phillies so, same. I mean, that, that's how I see it lining up. Phillies in fourth in this division. Maybe a little pessimistic, just trying to keep myself uh, under under control with my expectations.
1: P-H-O-U-R-T-H. Obligatory. That's right. Uh, here's how the NL East ranks for me. Um, is this mind games? Maybe, but I'm here for it. Uh, you and me have the same at the top. Braves and Mets. The Mets just put out 10 years, 325 to Lindor. Um, they seem like they're serious. I think if he feels secure, they can play well. They are the Mets. Nothing would make me happier than to see them implode. Um, but I think those are the, the top two for me. I have the Phillies at three and here's why I like your point on the Nats. You got to trust good pitching. Um, uh, I don't wish this on anybody. I think they see at least one of their starters spend a significant time on the DL this year. It's just a prediction. And I think that, that kind of gives them a flat tire Pushes them to the fourth in the division. So I have us at three playing a little bit of a surprise, surprise third place kind of action for us this year, given our roster. And then I also have the Marlins at the bottom. But look what that did last year for us when we all predicted the Marlins would be the worst. And then they played a season wrecker for everybody all year long. But Braves, Mets, Phillies, Nats, Marlins, in that order.
2: I can hop in and give not my predictions, but what the Pacoda projections have to say about the NL East. And I think it's kind of interesting based on what you guys said. They have the Mets in first, 91, uh, 92 and 70 on the year. And then uh, Nationals, Phillies, Braves, and then Marlins. And the Nationals, Phillies, Braves, they have projected all within like a half game of each other. So they basically have New York as top tier, and then you have Nationals, Phillies, Braves, all kind of jumbled together.
1: Interesting. My only rebuttal is that they're all that way. This is horrible diplomacy, but, like, really, all these teams, it, they're not – I don't think they're World Series contenders. I'm not sure anybody of these folks are going to be serious come October. But, yeah, if things break right, you could see two folks from the NL East, and if things break wrong – like, you're going to have a first-round exit for one of these teams, no question. Braves have
0: been their own worst enemy in, in, in the playoffs lately, but that team is, is stacked. They brought back who they needed to. If their pitching is anywhere near where where these individual starters have been when they're not hurt, that's going to be a problem. I, I'm a little bit confused how people would project the Braves in fourth, but, I mean, we'll see. I'm Larry Boa to that Pakoda projection, I'll be honest with you. Not a numbers guy when it comes to that. Yeah, the, on- the only way the Braves would finish fourth is if it was a real deadlock in the center and it was some sort of a one-game or tie-break type situation that put them at fourth. But that would be a massive disappointment with the offense that they have. Anyway, not to get too much into that, it be fun to look ahead here and highlight some individual players that we think are either going to – Step up or fall down.
1: We'll step up, fall down.
0: We'll step up, fall down, baby. So we'll, d- we'll highlight a, a step up batter, a step up pitcher, a fall down batter, and a fall down pitcher for each of us. My step up batter this year, not very surprising. It's going to be Alec Bohm. I think he's going to step up in a big way. He was a clutch hitter last year. He has got a ton of potential. Boom ball. He's already realizing it. Not much to say there. I I think he's going to have a great year, and I hope he has a great year. Step-up pitcher for me is maybe a little bit surprising or unconventional, but I have Chase Anderson. Honestly, I think he's going to give you more than Jake Arrieta gave these Phillies when it's all said and done. I think you'll look back, you know, one season of production, I think Anderson's going to bring you what you hoped Arrieta would in terms of stability and just going out there and being a pro starter for you every fifth day. My fall down batter is Reese Hoskins. He is always he's always drive me nuts with his up and down play. I just keep waiting for him to not come out of his slumps. He always does, but when he's in them, I just I can't see a way out for him. His his you know, his advanced metrics, from what I hear, are very favorable. I just don't always see it with him. So he, he's my fall-down batter candidate for this year. And my fall-down pitcher is Hector Naris, who will probably, if I had to guess, get the chance to start the year as the closer and will show us why we are still looking for answers from that slot.
1: I think those are great, Mitch. I agree on all fronts. I will say it means nothing. The depth chart online has Bradley as the closer right now, which is very interesting. I'd love to see actually Neris kind of be humbled a little bit at the start, but I think your assessment's correct. I think we do get reminded of that early. It's going to be painful, but may, may he surprise. I wish only the best. Let me do uh, Let me do mine. A little step up, fall down. My step up batter is uh, who, but WB Mason and Gene Segura. I think we see him. Uh, I think we see him hit closer to 300 this year. I think he's going to have stretches of the season where he's an above a 300 hitter. He's going to end right around the 280, 290 range. He's just going to fare better than last year. I, I don't think, you know, Bohm is the right answer here. There's a there's objectively a right answer, and it's Boehm. Um, but Segura is going to be the guy who's going to step up kind of in the same way uh, Gregorius did last year and just like the guy who finally pulls his weight that we need him to. Um, and then I have Eflin as the the step-up pitcher. I mean, you heard the stats back in the spring training segment. Um, I actually have a split right here. With I, I cheated. I have two step-up pitchers. First half of the season, I have Eflin. Second half of the season, I have hot take Spencer Howard. Mm. I loved everything we saw from him late last year. I love everything about this dude. Um, he is our future number two, uh, which is no shade at Zach Wheeler. Mm. But I really believe that. And I think he's going to be our step up pitcher the second half. Uh, I'm speaking it into existence. All right. Um, fall down action. I think it's just, it's got to be DD. It's not going to be huge, but it's going to be that half run down for him. It's, gonna be noticeable it's just hard to repeat how good he was last year for 162 games I don't think he can do that at 31 years old so he's gonna be he's gonna he's gonna be um the the fall down batter for me and then the fall down pitcher is absolutely no one because the only direction is up baby it's only up I will not end the segment on bad juju I won't do it so the fall down pitcher is no one we're going to mow people down rest in peace to batters everywhere facing the Phillies that
0: doesn't get you pumped.
1: I don't know what does.
2: Dude, that's awesome. That's that's an Optipod, Optimistic Pod right there. I'm here right. for it. This is great. I'm, I'm
1: the new villain in the upcoming Spider-Man movie, Optipod. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Is
0: it, is it really a villain though?
1: I uh, know, Optipod, that's too, that's too good. It's too too much kindness. I'll kill him with kindness. There we go. I don't know
0: if there's anywhere to go here except to turn the mic over to Andrew, the Yankees fan, and have him set us up with a few prop bets.
2: Ooh. First of all, this is hilarious because, as you've stated time and again, I'm clueless uh, that you had me come up with these numbers. Uh, I also want to mention that this isn't a set it and forget it kind of thing. I am absolutely taking, putting on the record your answers, and we're going to go over these at the end of the season. And I'm hoping that one of these numbers is just so terrible that you laugh me out of the room. First up, Harper plus Hoskins home runs, 69.
1: Nice. Obligatory nice. nice. Harper and Hoskins, 69 over under. Ooh, this is spicy. This is spicy. I like this a lot. For me, Mitch, this means essentially that Hoskins needs to hit somewhere in between 25 and 35 home runs he needs to hit more than 30 for that to happen i'm high on harper but i am i am low on hoskins basically there we go again and that to me is there the it is the answer and, in your email and the answer in the answer's arrived and for me i am going to take the over
2: oh he's going boa with it octopod baby
1: It just sounds different coming off the bat, baby. It just sounds different. He's
2: going
0: Boa with the 50, 60, 70, heck, maybe even 80 home runs for Harper this year. Pretty impressive. Well, not to be contrarian, but I'm going to go under. I gave you Hoskins as my fall-down batter. 25 home runs I can see out of Hoskins. I draw the line at 30. I mean, he's he's been healthy. And so, I mean, that's another factor to consider. Like, is is he gonna run into any injury trouble this year? If so, I think that 30 number is just gonna be that much harder to reach. I love Harper's prospects this year, but he's also a guy who before Philly was known to be t- to miss some time with injuries and he's been healthy since since coming to Philly, but you know, you never know when that could change. And picking the over on home runs is so fun but it's not always that uh, smart, maybe you'd say. I think on this one I'm going under.
2: Yeah, it'd be – I mean, truthfully, as I was coming up with this number, probably should have been more in the mid-60s. But as it's nearing 69, I didn't have a choice but to set the line there.
0: It's a nice way to go.
2: Uh, Next one up is we're going total number of pitchers who will start a game this year for the Phillies. Okay. And I'm setting the line at 10.5.
1: Under. Under. Final answer. Lock me in, baby. It's not, it's not even going to touch 10.
0: Yeah. Well, Gordon, have you considered the opener?
1: Have I considered the opener?
0: Could the Phillies use the strategy of the opener? No. Uh, having a bullpen piece start up the game for a few innings and then rotate through that bullpen
1: to save some of the starter's arms and just fill in innings. I I'm don't. pretty confident that you're screwing with me. I'll say that. First of all, our coaching staff includes Joseph Girardi <laughs> and Larry Boa. And I think that Charlie Manuel is still advising somewhere from the heavens. So let it be known Gabe Kapler has left town. We will not be using an opener. That is what I use on my freaking string beans. And we will not be having an opener in this clubhouse.
0: Okay. Well, I think we're going under, Andrew. Can we have the next one, please?
2: Okay, number of pitcher starts that make you rage turn off the game before the fourth inning. I'm setting that at 10. (laughs) 10? Yeah.
0: Okay, we know that he is not a Phillies fan. If he sets that at 10, because we are smashing, let's say it on three. One, two, three. Over. over.
1: (laughs) I didn't realize we were adding the, okay, it's definitely over here. And also don't turn it off, because that's when you get to watch Vince Velasquez do really great. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is Vinny's Time to Shine right there.
1: That is that's right. I like that. TM Vinny's Time to Shine. Joe Girardi ejections, 3.5. Over. Mm. He did not get enough last season. He only had a 60 game sample size, and he is just wanting to get those emotional rocks off. Uh <laughs> no question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Uh that's that's another uh, another tally in the queue for questionable tag on our podcast <laughs> my sincere
1: apologies <laughs> to joseph girardi
0: <laughs> i think i think i'm going over it's not so much because i think i know a lot about joe and his temperament or uh, managing strategies but 3.5 sounds a little, a little low and you know bryce will get his fair share of ejections and arguments in but someone else is going to need to you know go to bat for the team over these 162 and i know joe's old school he'll do it if he has to so i'll go over also uh
1: larry boa over under 0.5 ejections
0: from the cheap seats
2: just
1: Had had to get a quick one in
2: nola strikeouts 220
1: This is like you're tugging on my heartstrings. I'm taking all the sucker ones on this one. I feel like I feel like a real weenie, but I'm I'm taking the over. I'm just a believer in my Yingling boy. Wow, uh,
0: it's just hard to do, and not a lot of people do that these days. And it's true. I don't. I mean, I hope that you don't question my love for the daddy, but I'm gonna go under. It's just not easy, uh he's he's done it a couple of times i know he's done it i i'm going under i'm i'm just doing it
1: i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go i'm gonna just put it right in the money 222 strikeouts that's it that's the number two keep it easy
2: this that's doesn't right. necessarily have to do with how i came up with this number but in as part of my research i saw that he had a 12 plus strikeout per nine last season which is unreal yeah that's unreal. His anyway. stuff
1: was filthy last year. I mean, he was the 60 game season is a travesty in that case.
0: Yeah. And it's hard to get your K rate noticed these days because you got all-time great strikeout pitcher. Uh Andrew might might know a little something about him, but that guy Cole is is setting the bar high, but take take nothing away from Nola.
1: Eyes up here. Stop staring at my k rate. Am I right? Bryce haircuts one point five. <laughs> now, th- does this include maintenance cuts?
2: Qualifying uh, n- question. Uh, okay, styles, hairstyles uh, okay. one point five. One point five. Is he gonna basically? Is he gonna change it up at some point?
0: Yeah. Yep. He will yeah. over. I'm,
2: t- I'm taking the over as well. This is yeah. not over
0: too many slumps to be had. And that's a, a known slump buster. Is getting yeah. that radical hair transformation. He all, I mean, he does also have the option of doing the beard transformation so that that True. does kind of maybe eat into his total hair, his hair,
1: hairstyle hair.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, we'll have to have a ruling from the judge on that one, but I'm, I'm going over
2: big Samson energy. I'm taking the over. Mm. hopefully it won't even be close and we'll get like in the four or five territory last one this is the big one this comes straight from vegas so uh don't take it from me take it from from the smart guys out west total number of phillies wins this season and the vegas friends set it at 80.5 i guess the people in vegas are quakers now because i called them friends
0: Let me let me hop in here first because I think I know where this will go. Shout out to
2: all our Quaker listeners. Shout out to all the Quaker listeners. Shouts, my friend.
0: I'm going under the 80.5. I have a hard time seeing.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I have a hard time seeing 500, and I know. I know 81 is uh, the over, but it's not 500. But I mean, I can't see 500, and and usually history tells me the Phillies will finish a few games under wherever anyone thinks they will because they'll have those throwaway games that they just blow late in the season. And you're just like, we already knew our chances weren't good. And we thought maybe we still had time, but then the Phillies lost seven of eight without you really realizing it. And now they're just in the basement and it happens all the time. And until I see otherwise, that, that's how I'm going to make my decision here. I'm going under 80.5 wins.
1: I don't, I, I don't know how to recover from this. Uh, this realism, I think Mitch is going to probably make the most money out of the both of us uh, without a question. But I am going to undoubtedly take the over here. I think at, coming off of a 60-game season, we're going to play at 162. We're going to have unusual durability from our everyday guys. We're going to see some unusual durability. We're going to get them to play a lot of games, a lot of A-Bs, a lot of production. We're going to be seeing some more consistency than usual. I think Girardi with yet another year under his belt with the club plays a difference in terms of culture, in terms of how guys approach the game. I think we've eliminated some, uh, and we've gained some others, but we've eliminated some distractions. I think clubhouse-wise, it's pretty clean. I would, I would describe it as clean. It's a clean slate here at the beginning. Uh, I'm just a believer in these guys. I'm I'm uncharacteristically optimistic on this team. Uh, it's not far over, but it is over. 80 and a half.
0: I respect that. I probably need more of that in my thinking, more of what you're bringing to the table there.
1: Octopod, you know, yeah, baby. Octopod all night.
0: All <laughs> right. Well, that was our recap on spring training, our recap on the opening day rosters, and a little bit of our... Uh, outlook on the 2021 season a few days away from opening day april 1st i'm sure everybody will be watching having a great time don't forget to catch up on all of our past episodes here just get you in that Phillies mood for opening day have a great time enjoying the games gordon
1: you want to take us out I mean, absolutely. Uh, I want to get this in really quick. We're going three and one against the Yanks, Andrew, with my deepest and most sincere apologies. So that's a season series win for the Philz. Go Phils. Uh For Mitch, for Gordo, for Andrew, this has been Fill Me In. We're out of here.